This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing and Java. Good to see you. And Kevin. Kevin, how are you? He gives us a thumbs up over there. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. I am happy that you're back in the studio. That means you had safe travels and safe passage. So I did. Um, I'm glad they, you're here. They let me back in. <laughs> yeah, that was was that a, a hard process? Because it's you know it's still not normal yet. <laughs> well, you know they they check your passport, they check your vaccination, they check your you know you have your COVID test, but they don't check for attitude. <laughs> <laughs> say what? <laughs> uh, you know, I guess he just saw him headed to Mississippi. He get that wild man back on the plane. Yeah, he he knows where he's going if he's coming back to the uh, yeah. to the sip. Well, it looked good. I mean, I got back uh, late Sunday night. Been gone since well about a little over two months. Was and, it a uh, weather shock? Well, no, it was normal because it was cold Sunday night. You know, it got down in the 20s, and I felt normal. Okay. But day before yesterday, it was 73 degrees. Yeah, we were out in short sleeves. Yeah, the the, the spring peepers, the, the frogs are, are making their sounds and stuff. I'm thinking, y'all need to go back. <laughs> it ain't right. And true enough, you know, the, the harbinger of, of frost. You know, people always say, well, it's going to be pretty weather. I brought this flower in this morning, this purple and white, kind of a pinkish flower. Yeah. Japanese magnolia. Japanese. Japanese magnolia. There Here, you go. Here's what happened, though. They always bloom right before a frost. My way of thinking is they cause a frost. <laughs> and if we didn't have these, we wouldn't have that frost. Oh, man. But anyway, I, this is my first uh, Japanese magnolia to see uh, of the spring here in, in Jackson. And I brought a few other things I picked up on the walk-in, some magno- big, shiny magnolia leaves and beautiful, big brown. You know, people don't understand brown is not a color. It's a lot of different kind of colors. But, you know, the shiny top and dull. But, but you know, pe- people think, well, there's not much color in the wintertime. Excuse me? I know brown's not in the rainbow, but it is a color. And then, as you, we, we, I mean, you didn't mention it, but there's Nandina. uh Bush or, or or leaf? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, the leaf of a nandine. I grabbed it because it was just so red. Yeah, that 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 pretty red. It's just so it's so distinct. But we've got we've got berries, we've got uh, foliage, and a uh, matter of fact, I want to talk about that next week about texture. I've got a I've got a cheesy idea for a picture. Okay, that's going to involve your hands and my hands. I want to see what you <laughs> that, come up with be next man. week. But anyway, for the next uh, hour, we're going to be talking about gardening. Uh, give us a call. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Won't try to sell you anything. And I'm not afraid to be wrong about stuff. So if you want to give us a call, that'd be great. Now I can't. Looks like. St- Steve from is that Steve from Gaucher? I think you're correct. I got Bible. <laughs> Steve, good morning. How are you this morning? Hey, doing fine. Welcome back home. Fella. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh gosh, I got a question about banana trees. I should have say plantains. Okay, they're the pride of the neighborhood. They're about twenty, twenty-five foot tall. Uh, anyway, I cut them all the way back. I mean, all the way to the ground, the one that puts out the bananas. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay, and I cut the suckers off once a week or whatever in a raised bed. They're really nice suckers. But anyway, I got, I went to Ford this year and it all looked, you know, everything dead now, brown. Yeah. The ones I want to live this year, how should I, should I cut them back or just turn the brown leaves, let them come up or what? Well, these are out in your yard, right? 
Yeah, okay. Right in the front yard. Okay, you said you That's said different. bananas and said plantain. They're related. You know, I mean, are they plantains or they bananas? It doesn't matter. I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, the big difference, a big old plantain, you got to cook those suckers to eat them. Yeah, yeah. Hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, as, as far as growing this, the same. Uh, here's the deal. They it, it takes more than a year from when a sprout starts to when it has fruit you can harvest. Okay. A year and a half. Yeah, and and so what? But but it gets killed back to the ground. But if you can preserve just a f- a foot or two or three, if you can give it a little head start from the year before, it has time to make flowers and bananas. See, so uh, instead of cutting it all the way to the ground, I'd cut it back to about knee high, and then uh, put your little fence around it, you know, some wire or anything like that, and fill it with leaves, just to protect. We're trying to protect the base of it so that it doesn't have to start over from scratch again. It can start over a little bit from what grew last year. So that's the main thing. Knee high or so, pile a bunch of leaves around it, you know, make a little fancy uh, basket to make it look pretty or, you know, put Mardi Gras bees on it or something like that. Yeah, that's what I've been doing anyway. I've been cutting on about head high and I've been pretty good the other way. Yeah. Let me ask you something else related to it. You know, of course, you know, the bananas bloom out, and if you don't cut the bulb off, the blooms get falling off, all that kind of I've got 17 years of mulch at the mulch, a red mulch on top of the. Should I put some lime in there to break that mulch down? No, lime, lime uh, is calcium. Lime doesn't really, it really doesn't have to, uh, uh, it doesn't have that, that much effect. What breaks it down is bacteria and fungi. They eat the brown stuff. And what what they need for their bodies is nitrogen. Bacteria use nitrogen for their body. So if you could throw some dirt on top of it to inoculate it, to put some dirt in there to begin with, the bacteria, yeah. and then any kind of nitrogen preferably a natural nitrogen like cottonseed meal or blood meal or fish emulsion to yeah, feed that seed. Like a bunch of that. Yeah, so what I'm talking about the cottonseed meal, not cotton hulls and stuff. Right, okay. right. Anyway, yeah, if you if you'll throw some dirt or compost on top of it, that inoculates it with the bacteria that do the work and then feed them with a little nitrogen, it'll go real quick. That's what I'll do then. Spread it my things about 25 foot long the bed I got raised bed yeah. probably Six foot wide on one end and yeah. foot on the other. Well, look, I got three or four hundred what I call wild lime, but they I, they, they just all over the place. They keep falling all the time. I throw them in there and they kind of rotten and stink. Oh, I catch it from my wife and that stuff either. That does that hurt 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 my uh, bed or no? Heck no, no. Heck no. Anything that decomposes, you can put dead raccoons on top of it. The main thing is oh, is I, just anything that'll decompose does fine. I throw everything in there, even the banana leaves, and put them back. I remember reading about that. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, I got that big old lime tree. Uh, it came out below the grass. And I could, yeah. Um, didn't yeah. take care of it during after one hurricane and stuff. He's talking about some pretty stalks. Uh, four yeah. things. things about 25 foot tall. Yeah. It's got a canopy. It protects all this stuff, like a pine, conical yeah. garden. Anyway, let me go. Okay, I'm good to hear from you. Appreciate it. And, uh, and good, good, good luck with the wife. Don't tell her I said it was okay, because I don't want to be in on that. I'm sad. You take care of yourself. Appreciate See ya. It, buddy. Really do. Okay. Let's slide over to Lower Alabama. Melanie, how are you this morning? Good morning. Good morning. This is probably going to be the weirdest garden question you've ever had. Oh, please. I can, I've can. i gotten some weird. Over the, the 30, 40 years, I've gotten some weird. Java knows I've gotten some weird questions, but bring it on. I know. I've learned a lot of them, too. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, my uh, a family member 
was buried in October at their local cemetery, which is not totally maintained. It is kind of, but anyway, it was a cremation. So they took out about a two-foot square piece of sod, laid it aside, you know, and, and then they put it back in after the burial. So now that piece of sod is about three or four inches below ground level. Yeah. And I was wondering if, can I just throw some dirt on top of it or should I, do I have to pick that piece of sod up and set it aside and put the dirt underneath it? It would be better to do the latter, just to, to lift up, put you some fresh dirt and try to go with dirt that matches what's already out there. You know, don't don't bring in some potting soil or stuff like that. Use real what, whatever kind of dirt they've got. There will be a pile at the cemetery where they have left over. You know, when they when they uh, dig graves, find some of that. But it seems like it's all red clay. Uh, it doesn't doesn't matter. You know, otherwise you can have a square grass that grows okay. different from the grass around it because of you know okay. different water, different moisture, all that kind of stuff. And the, and the main thing, you know, put it in there and kind of work it up a little bit. But but plant the stuff where it's level with the ground around it, not on top or below. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Cause that wouldn't be a lot simpler to just throw some dirt on top of it. Well, you know, you can do that, and, and uh, you know, and it'll just look like somebody's been buried there. <laughs> now, see, you had a not that weird a question, but I had a weird answer. Well, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a weird. I mean, it's not really a garden. No, it is. It is. It it is, it is definitely gardening. We're talking about turf <laughs> management. I knew you would know. I knew you would know. So okay. All right, lady. Good to hear from you. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Okay, now, in my my body, I see Jerry, but I can't see. Is it North Mississippi? We, you know, in my computer at home, I can use my fingers to make the screen bigger. Can't do that here. Anyway, Jerry, how are, where are you calling from? Out of Cooper area. Okay. What's up? You've been over here this day. You've been over here Hang on, Jerry. I, I I can't I can't hear you for some reason. It's not. Yeah, Jerry. Let's see if we can get you to um get you to call back. We have a bad connection on this line right here, Jerry. Yeah, so, we'll we'll get right back to you though. I just yeah, couldn't, sorry couldn't hear. That. It happens, you know, technology. Okay, go to Hattiesburg and talk with Paul. Paul, what's up this morning? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. My connection okay? Yep. All right, fantastic. So um, I don't know a whole bunch about gardening, but I'm kind of imagining uh, 10 years down the road being in a, moving into retirement phase and uh, maybe some homesteading type things. And I need some general re- reference and resource information to learn about instead of um, using chemicals to make stuff grow that I want and other stuff not grow that I don't want. Uh, are there ways to learn about how communities of plants and uh, can help each other to avoid, um, you know, certain types of insects and things and to kind of benefit as, uh, you know, like a symbiotic relationship as opposed to, you know, maybe if I've got a well, I don't want to be yeah, know, yeah. Use the chemicals that are down in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, and, and there's all sorts of words for that. Permaculture is one of them. Uh, you know, th- there's all sorts of phrases. This is the way it's been done 
forever. We've only had chemicals since the 1930s or 40s. Okay, people have been gardening for a long time, and they found out that some plants grow well together. Uh, but you, here in the South, because we had such a, a, a wet climate and warm and, and all like that, plants tend to grow rampantly. And no matter what you put out there, it's going to have other plants grow up around it from seeds dropped by birds or blown in. So you have to do some weeding. You know, there's just no way around that. No matter what you plant, what combination. So you, you need to plant on that. And one of the ways we get away from that is to, when you plant stuff, is pile mulch on top, leaves and bark and stuff like that, yeah. to, to bury it. But also, as those things decompose, they feed the soil. They feed the worms in the soil, see? So, so mixing plants together mm-hmm. in interesting combinations. There's no reason you can't use fruit plants and herbs and, and, uh, and, and things like that. Just like you do shrubs, mix them together. You know, you don't have to put them in rows like agriculture is what I'm saying. Yes, so it's just, some, it's just a matter of mixing things together so that the tall stuff doesn't shade the small stuff and, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, I've got a list of, of, uh, of really good fruit plants that do well in Mississippi without a whole bunch of care. I've got a list of foraging plants, things that you can just put in your yard, and they have stuff you can, you know, eat off of a part of the year, but they're not considered mm-hmm. fruit plants. And I do that because I have, this is what I do. This I can eat out of my garden every week of the year, and I don't, you know, I, I just I don't do all that stuff you're supposed to do to be a horticulture, so I, I just do it like a gardener. I see. I could kind of tell you were doing it that way and just wanted to, you know, see if there were some, Reference materials that I can well, study up here, on. Here's, here's, here's the problem with the reference material. The people who write stuff like that, and you're talking to a guy who's got his name on the front of 30 books. So trust me when I say this. We tend to pad <laughs> stuff with words. You know, right. for, for example, there's a whole book on composting, and it's just a leaf pile. See, so right. when, when people, when people, you know, when when, when they they write a, a publication on any kind of topic, they tend to put in more stuff than you really need to know. And sometimes it works in in Vermont or California, but it doesn't work in Mississippi. Yeah. Like companion planting, whole lot on companion planting. A lot of those plants don't even grow at the same time of year here in Mississippi. But they're in right. every companion. You know, you always plant these plants together. Well, they don't grow at the same time here. See, so you need to make sure you're getting uh, information from somebody from our region, and who's not just trying to, to puff up what he what he or she is saying with a yep. bunch of words. You know, mm-hmm. I okay. give you one other that. example. Have you ever heard of Hugel culture? Hugel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not no, make, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not making this a H U G. E L E L K U culture. It's just piling okay. stuff up. You put logs on the ground, you put branches on top of that, throw leaves on top of that, and then it breaks down and start planting stuff in it. But they've got whole okay. books on hugel culture and just piling stuff up and planting on it. You know? Fantastic. <laughs> so, I you love know. It. Thank you so much for your time and, and wisdom. Okay. Well, just, just, just th- want to throw this out. There's a couple of really good uh, Mississippi Facebook groups. There's one called Mississippi Gardening. It's got real experts. It's got real amateurs and a lot of people who aren't experts, but they know more than the experts. And so when somebody throws a question out, you get a lot of good local information. Don't be overwhelmed is what I'm saying. Now, Felder, we got a full bank of calls, but you've also been, been going for a little while. You want to take a break or you want to keep going? Oh, uh, well, you know. S- s- you're back in the you're studio. The, you're the boss. You're the boss. choice. You're the boss. But uh, I tell you what, let's, let's, let's do them from the bottom up because I see the, the one at the top I want to talk with specifically. Okay. But let's start uh, down at the bottom is Gary near, I can't see that. Near Tupelo. Near Tupelo. Gary, what's up? What's going on, Mr. Rush? Howdy. Me and John, we're back. 
And Kevin over there, you. he's our phone greeter today. I hear you going strong. Look, I have a question about the bog oaks over in uh, Europe, over in England area. The what? What the bog oaks? Are you you're oh, familiar bog with oaks. it? I'm sure. No, I'm not. But I, so, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with bogs because I, I walk around bogs all the time. Yeah. Well, these are trees that have failed in bogs and been there for Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Here in Mississippi, we call them sinker logs here in Mississippi. Okay. They've got some over there that's huge. What type of oaks were they to be so large? Well, I mean, they're you know the, the the regular English oak is just good hardwood oak. You know we have you know we have sinker logs. That a lot of people go around in these swamps and old river bottoms with long poles, and they pull these things up, and they're as big around as a pickup truck. Well, the ones I saw was on, on uh, Google. Yeah. Some of them look like about eight or nine inch slab come off of them. Yeah, I mean, eight or nine foot slab. They're huge. Yeah. Well, you know, any any kind of wood that completely submerges and gets completely saturated, there's no air. It can last a long time. You know, it takes air uh, as as well as moisture to rot. So, anyway, these are just called sinker logs, and they've got them all out in the swamps here. There are people who livelihood is go around finding it and hauling these things up out of the mud. And they're and they're expensive. They're expensive. Very much so. I've looked at the prices. Look, I'm very appreciative of you taking my call. You have okay. a good weekend, okay? Okay, I'm glad to get, glad to new yeah, learn a new word too. Bog log. Bargo. Bargo. Okay, yeah. appreciate it, man. Okay, let's talk to Andrew. It looks like from Laurel. Is that right, Andrew? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what's up? Yes. Howdy. Everything's great. I hope you're doing well. Thanks. So far, yeah. so good. A little, uh, a little chilly walking in. Sorry. It is. Hey, I've got, I've got an area in my yard that I wanted to fill with monkey grass. Yeah. And it's doing pretty well. I put coffee grounds on it, and I want to know, is that good for monkey grass or not? Well, coffee grounds, as they decompose, I mean, they've, you know, they've got some nutritional value, but it's, you know, they're, they're, they're not magic or anything like that. It's as good a place as any to put them. I just, it, but if you know somebody's got a coffee shop, I wouldn't pile stuff up. You know, I would just scatter them. But they're fine. You know, they're, they've got a little bit of nitrogen, a um, little bit, you know, they're, they're, they're good. They're just nothing, there's nothing special about them is what I'm saying. But putting them out there is a good thing. Throwing them gotcha. away is not a good thing. Uh, I, I throw I throw all my stuff on my leaf okay. pile. But uh, anyway, let me let me. When did you plant this monkey grass? Well, I've had it out a couple of years, and it's almost grown together pretty well. Yeah, but I still have some empty space. And you, I'm, I'm hoping it would fill itself. Yeah. Do you, if you cut, have any advice? I'd love yeah. To do, do you cut it? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, if you haven't cut Not it yet. No, well, one, this this time of year to do it. You know, you want to cut it before the new growth. All the stuff that's out there now is going to be gone by June. It puts up all of its leaves in the spring. Then they die the following spring after new growth. So if you want to cut it back and make it neat, I go ahead and do it soon because the new growth is going to be coming up uh, sometime next month. And if you nip it, if you tip it, it's going to look ragged till next year. So uh, that's the main thing. If you're going to cut it, you know, you know get it done soon. All righty. Okay. Great. Okay. Appreciate it. Now let's talk with Cecile. Cecile no, excuse me, Cecilia. How are you, Miss Miss Wardlaw? Hi, Elder. Welcome home. Thank you so much. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm embarrassed that last week I didn't mention I didn't mention this big thing you're having tomorrow at the cemetery at Greenwood Cemetery downtown Jackson. Tell us about it. That's right. We're going to increase your collection of roses because you started this 20 years ago. Me and Dr. And we, Dirt. 
Yep, and um, with help from the Master Gardeners. Yep. There'll be Master Gardeners there tomorrow, but the Old Garden Row Society is sort of will take the leadership. And um, we have over 100 rose plants that were propagated from cuttings we took last year. Mm-hmm. So they're not in big pots. They're in, in kind of small pots, but, you know, they're tough little plants. And we need some help planting them. So we need people to show up with their shovels. And if you plant, then you get to go take some cuttings to take home with you. Okay. And and, and we're not talking about a lot of digging. It doesn't take much to plant because basically you find stuff like between tombstones where the lawnmowers can't get to them. That's right. We have put out 100 pink flags. For places where we think roses would be good. Okay, um, so so if, if somebody and, uh, were to show up with a shovel, you give them a rose in a pot and say, "Go find a flag and and put it, stick it in the ground." Pretty much, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's easy. That's <laughs> e- you can put anything around them to protect them from the from the the, uh, the random mowing that goes on there. Yeah, well, we're going to put the, the the pink flag back, and we've got some bamboo sticks and. At some point, we're going to get um, pine straw out, but that may not be tomorrow. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's not. You're not talking about digging, uh, you know, big big holes. You're talking about just turning the dirt over really good, and sticking it in there. It's not. We're I, not. It's I, not I, high in horticulture. I figured three or four scoops with a shovel, and you've got it done. Okay, and uh, so people, if they want to come out tomorrow, if they want to help plant these roses and uh, and take cuttings from all these unbelievable roses out there, there may even be some with some flowers on them right now. It's been such a weird winter. Well, I know there's some big buds, and there may be some flowers now, but we're doing very light pruning because we pruned really hard last year. Yeah. But there's some big um, leafy um, roses that will be happy to give you some cuttings. And if folks aren't sure how to do it, y'all will show them. That's right. The Old Garden Rose Society people will have on Mardi Gras necklaces, so you'll know (laughs) who to ask. Who to ask. That's an expert. Okay, well, I want to ask you. Last last year, I I was down there, and uh, and you and I forget who who the other woman was, but y'all were root, y'all were just rooting them, uh, sticking them in dirt. Well, those are the ones that we're planting now. Okay, so you just took cuttings and stuck them in the dirt, and here's a year later, you're, you, they're in pots ready to be planted. Yeah, we we left them in the dirt till um, late May, and then potted them up, and. Um, they're ready to go in the ground now. But you, you didn't do a lot of fancy horticulture stuff. You just we stuck them do, in the dirt. We didn't do any fancy stuff. We went down and, and dug them all up. About four of us went down and dug them up and just took piles of them back and stuck them in pots. And um, that's they've been sitting out in the outside. Yeah. Ever when, since. when is this going? to This is Greenwood Cemetery, which is one block north of the state capital, downtown Jackson. It's a it's that's a it's right. a beautiful cemetery. Um, what time y'all starting? We're starting at ten o'clock because the marathon is tomorrow, and the marathon starts and ends at the state capital. So um, West Street will be open. I've checked. Um, High Street will be closed. Um, and we're starting at ten because most of the marathon traffic, a lot of that, will be cleared out yeah. by then. But just but, but just come up coming, just come up West Street. That's right. And if you're coming from um, the interstate, if you take Fortification or Woodrow Wilson, expect to have to to stop at North State Street. There'll be roadblocks. I mean, you can get through, but you'll probably have to stop and wait yeah. to let some runners get Ma- Make your way to the Capitol, and if, and if they say no, go around them some other way. Well, High Street will be completely yeah. closed. So. Well, all right. I hope you all have a good crowd. I, you know, I'm doing this this uh, home fruit seminar at Hutto's at the same time, so I'm going to miss it. I know, but you're, 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 um, 
your seminar starts earlier, so we're expecting you to come check on our progress. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. <laughs> no way around it, huh? Okay. All right, All right Cecilia. You appreciate it. T- tell your sweetheart I said hey. Okay. Thank you, Felder. All righty. You tried to wiggle out. I tried to wiggle out. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But uh, it is really easy. They take cuttings from these old roses that bloom all the time, no diseases. They just stick them in some good dirt. And then in two, three months later, they pot them up, and they're rooted. It's not rocket science. It's not like the horticulturists say. It's like Dr. Dirt used to do. You just stick it in some dirt. But anyway, if you're interested in that, it starts at 10 o'clock, Greenwood Cemetery, which is one block north of the state capitol, downtown Jackson. you got to go around the, the runners. But West Street is a street that runs alongside the capitol, so it goes straight to the capitol. You can't miss this thing. Anyway, hope you all have it. I'm also doing this free home fruit seminar. I do it every year. Hutto's is a garden center in Jackson. They sell a really good quality type of, sound like an advertisement, but I've been working with them for years to sell good type of fruit trees and we're going to have a seminar it's free it starts at nine o'clock it's very informal the social distance don't worry about that it'll be indoors if it's cold uh, but at Hutto's on Ellis Avenue in Jackson nine o'clock tomorrow morning it's my free home fruit seminar planting pruning types all that kind of stuff we're going to take a real quick break and come right back and let's play a tune for Cecilia and her rose people There's gotta be a little rain sometimes When you take, you gotta give So live, let live, or let go Whoa, 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 I beg your pardon I never promised you a rose garden I could promise you things like big diamond rings But you don't find roses growing on stocks of clover There's gotta be a little rain sometime Okay, dope folks, welcome back. Horticulturist Felder Rushing. Hope some of y'all can make it to the rose pruning tomorrow at Greenwood Cemetery Town down Jackson, or and or at the uh, the uh, home fruit seminar I'm giving. It's a free one at Hutto's starting at nine o'clock. And if you can't make it, um, shoot me an email. Uh, go to my my blog felderrushing.blog. And uh, and I've got, I'll send you this little publication I put together on really good fruit plants for landscape quality fruit plants that don't take a whole bunch of care. Before we go to these calls, I had a fellow uh, a call off there. I want to know what does gestalt mean. 
And you know, G-salt I, yeah, G salt. What does what that there G salt mean? Gestalt is a it's a German word. It's a psychological term, and it it means the whole, um, the sum of the 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 sum of the parts is greater than the whole. All the stuff we do in gardening. That that we bring what we feel, you know, what what I like is what I'm going to do, I, and I make a mistake, I learn from it, I change. I, I this didn't work, I try something else. Uh, scrubbing your fingernails, uh, planting stuff all the time, wildlife, everything you do that is meaningful to you and that you learn from and that you do yourself on purpose rather than just what other people do. That's called gestalt. So gestalt gardening means a whole thing. All of it, the whole bag, every little detail, together create what we call a garden, and you are the central driver of that thing. You garden the way you want to do. If it doesn't work, you try something else. That's gestalt. And uh, by the way, it came out, I, I was given a landscape consultation, uh, Java, uh, to a fellow someplace, and he's a retired psychologist. And he said, you know, you've got a very gestalt approach. You know, when we first started doing this, I said, you know, you're right. You're right. That's good. So that's where Gestalt gardening come from. Yeah. Now, that's pretty. You want the Merriam-Webster definition? Yeah. What does Merriam-Webster say? Okay. Merriam-Webster says uh, something that is made of many parts and yet is somehow more than or different from the combination of its parts. Yeah. So exactly what you said. Okay. Well, the, the the most important thing is that the gardener is central to the process. It's not something that goes on out in the woods. You do your thing. Now, let's uh, – I can't tell which of these callers I need to go to first. Uh, let's go to Andrew in Oxford. Oh, Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning. I hope you're doing well. Appreciate uh, you holding. Appreciate yeah, Absolutely. So I had the pleasure uh, this past year to get to go out to Texas to the George W. Bush Institute and tour their private gardens. And the first lady gave me some blue Texas blue bonnet seeds. Yeah. And I live in Oxford, which is, you know, I guess the county seat of Lafayette. Not really, but I don't know what to do, how to plant this. Is it going to come back? I'd like to plant them. Do I put them in pots? I'm all ears. Yeah, well... First of all, in that part of the country, blue bonnets grow naturally, as far as you can see. I've been to Texas so many times uh, in, in April and May when blue bonnets, as far as you can see, in that part of Texas. They don't grow in East Texas. You get over around Tyler, you know, and places like that, this side of Houston, you don't see blue bonnets. They start growing where the soil gets more alkaline and when it gets dry. See, so they're you know they're they're not they're not even native to all parts of Texas, just that part. So if you want to grow them here, you got to make them think they're in Central Texas, which means dry and alkaline. They don't like our acidic soil. They don't like all the rainfall. But here's the deal: they sprout in the fall. They grow over the winter. They bloom in the spring. Set seed and die. You know, you know how clover does over the along the roadsides here, and uh, dandelions, sure. and uh, you know the, the, our wildflowers. So you really needed to have planted the seeds back in the fall. I'm not saying it won't work okay. now, but just for the best results. And uh, they'll grow here, but they usually don't reseed themselves, and, and they don't they don't spread and multiply here any more than they do in East Texas because it's just not that climate. Okay. So looking at a pot then, planting it in the fall and waiting to see what happens next year. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it should do fine. You know, they grow like weeds. 
You know, I mean, it's it, miles and miles and miles and miles as far as you can see, but they grow right. in places where nothing else grows. <laughs> so sure. that, that's the main All thing. Right, well. You might want to go ahead and get it, a, you know, give it a try, get it started now. I don't know if the seeds will stay viable, yeah. you know, that long. I just don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give it a shot and we'll see what happens. All, All right. Keep doing what you're doing. Let I us let's let's know how it works, man. All right. Have a good one. Bye bye. You bet. Now, I'm going to pick my microphone up, and I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to lean and say, Elise from Louisiana. Hey, Elise, good morning. Hey, Felder. Howdy. What's up? Well, I'm glad that you mentioned the psychology of gardening, because my gardening question is really about trying to get past a mental challenge. <laughs> I'm on that way every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a ponytail palm plant. Yeah? Really a tree. And... It's getting taller than my roof on my porch, which is where I keep it in the winter to uh-huh. keep it from getting cold. Yeah. And I've tried to read up on this, and everything I read tells me that I can go ahead and cut it. Yeah. See, this is not a real palm. It's just called po- ponytail palm. It's okay. not really a palm. So you can prune it. You know, palms, you prune them, that's it. They don't sprout back out if you cut right. out that growing bud. But this is not a palm. So just take a good sharp pair of shears and yeah. just do it is it what you're saying just do it that's it's right. like yanking a tooth felder this is a, this is a plan i've had for years okay so. well, well well think of it let's let's look at a, a different approach imagine that it's growing out in some kind of tropical place and a giraffe comes by and munches the top of it out it makes the giraffe <laughs> feel good and it makes the ponytail palm branch back out and everything okay. is really sweet and natural now i have a picture in my mind be a giraffe and just go for it and how long should it take before I see a little bud come back? Or is that what I'll be looking for? Yeah, this, this is a tropical plant. It grows literally year round, so you know it doesn't matter to it when it's when it's pruned back. You know, it's, it takes a little while. You know, to prune any kind of plant for it to put out new growth. Now, so, I've I, I've never pruned a ponytail palm, but I know it can be done. The ones I've seen have been huge in big right. pots. You know, I mean, the, in the 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 ba- the base of it, which looks like a big bulb, is almost as big as a pot. Right. Right. And so cut closer to the bulb than, I mean, cut wherever you want it to be high, and it'll take a while to get back yeah. in. Yep. That's it. I sure appreciate it, Felder. Good luck. Thank you. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Your name is Elise, right? Elise. You know, if you arrange the letters of Elise, it spells giraffe. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, you know, when you got bifocals, Java, you know, anything's possible. Oh, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Let's go over to Natchez and see what John's up to. Hey, John, thank you for calling this morning. What's going on? Hey, Felder, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, just a quick, well, first of all, appreciate you taking my call. Love your show. Uh, very interesting, a lot of information. Just want to throw a little something fun and whimsical kind of for a garden. You might already know. But I've found some uh, old, rusted, old wind turbines that come off of houses, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to add them to the garden. So I've made two hanging planters, and then I, t- I took one and turned it up kind of up sideways, and we, my wife planted flowers as if they were spilling out yeah. of the turbine. It just kind of adds a little something fun to the garden. Yeah, a little wind's good. Let me ask you this. You said they were rusted. Did you paint them? 
no, sir. I just left them, left them rusty. Well, you know that's okay. And, you know, rust, rust is a, is one of my favorite colors. Uh, cypress trees are rusty in the fall, but anyway, it's, yeah. that that sounds real fun. Uh, if you get a chance, send me a picture. I sure will. I appreciate your show, and uh, thanks so much for what you do. You know, I appreciate you. You, you know, it's okay for people to understand that guys can accessorize. It's all right. That's right. <laughs> we got to do it. Appreciate That's it, man. Good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, well, we're rolling today, Java. Let's go to let's stand in Natchez and talk with Betsy. Betsy, what's up? What's up? What's up? Good morning. Hello, Betsy. She didn't know she's on the air. Somebody go tell Betsy that she's on the air. Yeah, because I can hear uh, yeah, I know. the radio she's, in the background. She's saying, well, he won't get around to me anytime soon. <laughs> I, want, I always wanted this when we have callers uh, from the same city. Does Betsy know John? <laughs> <laughs> What's yes. a small, small? Hey, I'm good John. morning, Betsy. Howdy. I'm trying to listen to the radio and hold it. No, we, we have a 10-second delay in case somebody says something nasty about Mama. No, no. Oh, I'm calling Sheldon to talk to ask you for some help on fertilizing this morning. Okay. Uh, I have a few uh, fruit uh, trees that uh, need some fertilizing mm-hmm. for a flowering peach. Mm-hmm. So what do I fertilize it with? Well, in, in general, and, and keep in mind that it just like ketchup, some ketchup runs fast, some ketchup runs slow, but still just ketchup. You want to look for something with all the numbers. It's got three numbers on every kind of fertilizer. Yeah, you want something yeah, where the numbers yeah. are pretty close to the same. But instead of going with an agriculture fertilizer like triple thirteen or triple eight, that's got real harsh, temporary, strong fertilizer. Go to a garden center and get something that they just say for flowering trees or flowering shrubs or roses or tomatoes. Anything that that is a general uh, fertilizer that's for gardening. It's got a slower acting longer lasting type of fertilizer than agriculture stuff so i would just stay away from agriculture stuff and go to garden and anything where the numbers are pretty close to the same not a real high first number not a real high middle number pretty close to the same and they're all going to work about the same great great use the same on my figs Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Just about everything. Lawns, plants that are green like lawns, they like a little bit higher first number, a little bit more nitrogen. Uh, But everything else likes the numbers about the same. It's nitrogen, phosphorus, and potash in about the same amount. So it almost doesn't matter as long as it's a good quality, long-lasting type, not agriculture. And by the way, we we really don't fertilize until closer to when things start to grow. If you put the fertilizer out now, a bunch of rains can come along and wash fertilizer away before the plants can use it. So I'd wait till oh, sometime next month or you know March or April is a good time to fertilize. Because these are large fig trees. Mm-hmm. So when, when and, they start to have growth. And what what was that again? When the figs begin to put out little buds of green leaves. Well, just just some, sometime you know sometime in March you know I'd say in general in March. You know, closer to when plants grow. And by the way, the roots of those trees aren't up close to the trunk. They're all out there, like sticking your arms out, wiggling your fingers. So so spread it out from the trunk and just spread it kind of light. At the tip of the branches? No, you don't have to go that far. It's just a, it's just a, a general rule of thumb. Not up, don't pile it up on the trunk. Just scatter it out under the branches. And that's, that's about as good a rule of thumb as I can come up with. And blueberries. I remember years ago you suggested we use peat moss 
But what about some fertilizer? Same thing. Little. It's, the only difference between blueberries is that they don't like a lot of fertilizer. What I call a scant handful. Just chuck it up close to the plants. You know, because they right. don't have they don't have right. roots going. You know, they're more bushes and trees. So some somewhere just out from it a little way, just a little scant handful of fertilizer. They just don't like a lot. Wonderful. Now the last question is um, to prepare my vegetable garden. What do I put in the soil? I remember something you stir in. It's not a um, uh, uh, like a fertilizer or something. No. Well, well, I actually did this day before yesterday. You know, I've been gone since last fall. Before I left, I got a little raised bed garden. And last fall, I went around at the neighbor's yards and where they put bagged tree leaves out on the curbs. You know, I, I took that. I just piled it on top. And day before yesterday, I took my shovel and I went out. And I just turned it all upside down, put the leaves on the bottom and the dirt on the top. And then I went back uh, uh, later in the afternoon, and I just turned it over one more time. And just So basically, I just mixed leaves into it, uh, which sort of fluffs it up, and it feeds the worms and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we can start planting things soon for, you know, cool things like – cool weather things like, like English peas and lettuces and, and uh, yeah. radishes and yeah. stuff. Um, and we're still about a month and a half away from planting summer stuff like tomatoes and peppers. See, so you can actually go ahead and work up part of the garden and plant some of it over the next few weeks. And then come spring, plant the other part with summer stuff. And then when the stuff you planted now dies or gets harvested, then you plant it. See, in other words, you don't have to do the whole garden at the same time. You can do you can break even a, a garden the size of a coffee table up into two different gardens and plant each one as you get around to it. Great, great. And that, uh, it's God. not as much work either, by the way, doing part of the garden at a time. You can park maybe three cars in my garden, and it has a electric fence around it to keep the blooming deers out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, blooming deers, that's the nicest I've heard it put. Well, but, I'll but, anything. Okay. But, but now that's... It's covered, it's covered with leaves. That's so good. I'll go ahead and cover and start turning the leaves over. I, I would. And a, a garden that size, my garden is, is 100 square feet. It's, it's 4 feet by 25 feet. And I've got it broken up into three different gardens, the end ones and the middle one. And I treat each one as a separate garden to plant whenever I feel like instead of trying to do the whole thing at one time. That way I always have something to grow. And something to to cover with leaves, and something to plant. And, you know, so you know, don't don't feel like you got to do the whole thing. Is what I'm saying. Good suggestion. Good suggestion. But what I'm trying to find out about treating the soil with something that um uh, um a substance that we've talked about many times, but I can't think of the name of it now. I just turned ninety. It's, well, um, you talk about lime. Why? Lime. Lime? Yeah. You, agriculture lime, you put it out every three or four years. It lasts a long time. It's not a first, it's, it, three or four years is how, how often I had lime. Well, I haven't put it out in that length of time. A little, so. bit, little bit of lime for, for an area the size of your, you, you, about, about a five or ten pounds will do your, that garden for three or four years. Okay, good. That's that's and that will help us all. All righty. Well, it it you know it's actually going to be nice weather to do that this weekend. You know when the when the, you know it's going to be cold at night, but it's not so hot. You can't go ahead and do it. And again, if you break it up into two or three smaller gardens, whole lot easier. I mean, I'm I'm getting on up there. I don't feel like doing all that stuff, and so I found out taking little bites instead of one big bite at a time. But about five pounds. 
five pounds of lime. That'll that'll just about do that size area. Okay. Well, thank you so much. All righty. Your advice. I, yep. I appreciate you calling. Have fun. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Did she say she can park five cars in her garden? I, I think she said three, three or four or something like that. <laughs> that's still, wow. <laughs> yeah, but that's about the size of this room right here. I don't know if we can get three cars in. Well, you know, uh, we've had, in, in the years past, we had a guy named Rick Griffin uh, on the, on the, on this program. Rick's a landscape architect. He and I did a challenge one time. They used to have this thing called Downtown Fonder and a Fonder and After Five. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. My neighborhood. Well, we took two parking spaces on State Street, two regular where you park your car. Uh-huh. And I designed one, and he designed the next one. And we did entire gardens on the top of the concrete with place to sit, some kind of little shade area, oh, wow. a potted plant, a little water feature, a little most area. We did entire full everything you need to have a nice landscape in two different side-by-side parking spaces just to show that you can do it's It's all about scale. Yeah, we need that. Sound like a, a nice little contest. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, it's just a, car, a parking side. And what was really funny is Rick being a, a landscape architect, he did his to where his opened up onto mine. So when you're sitting in his, it looked like mine was part of his. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He had, he kind of went up to a little bit. He did. He had his, his walkway going right up to my walkway. I'm thinking, okay, but the difference was his looked really nice. Mine looked like like country folks. I mean, I had, you know, rusted tin and old wood and stuff, but he put a little picket fence up, you know, and he put potted plants and had a little water garden made out of a, you know, just a bucket holding water and, uh, you know, a carpet and everything. That's neat, because I remember how um, Fix It 101, we went to the home show, and they had uh, the Builder's Challenge, where they would build a different room. Yeah. So that's kind of like that. Like, one year they had a garage, so different builders built their own kind of garage. Yeah, with stuff hanging on the walls and all that stuff. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, cool. That, yeah, so it would be kind of fun to to do a little uh, a little little car park garden. But anyway, he and I, I've got pictures. Of it. I need to bring them up and show them to you. Yeah, okay. You know, the whole idea, folks, is you don't have to have you know an estate to have a garden. You don't have to have wall to wall carpet. Have a little throw rug of grass. You don't have to do any of this stuff. You just plant what you like, how you like, and have a place to sit. You know, a little water gardener, fire pit, you know, some shade, some flowers, a little pot with some herbs in it, you know. And it doesn't take much. And if you like that, it's like growing stuff in the back of my truck, Java. Everything I do in the back of my truck is just a pot full of stuff. And you can do that twice as big in the yard or three times, you know, as big as you want. Or you can do it in just one bowl on top of your coffee table. And I, I want to circle back to one of our early, the early caller where she said it was the, like the weirdest call. Oh, yeah. We've <laughs> about, had some weird the calls. the cemetery. Yeah. Because she was about to say um, growing the grass mm-hmm. was not garden. She was like, this is not really a gardening question. But you stopped her and said it is a, yeah. a gardening question. Because I don't think a lot of people think lawn care or, um, you know, growing grass yeah. is, quote, unquote, gardening. Yeah. Well, you know, it's turf management. Yeah. You know, they t- have a whole course in turf, turf management. He's just doing uh, – I had uh, – there's no grass in my yard. You know that. Yeah. And it's not because I don't like it because I'm, I'm a trained turf specialist. I, you know, I, I, I work with golf courses and home gardens for decades. But there's none in mine because I'm lazy, I'm tired, I'm busy, I'm gone, and I'm not going to – 
pay somebody to mow stuff if I'm not there. And if I'm there, I'd rather do something else than mow stuff. So I've got open areas, but there are mulches, there's flagstone, there's there's uh, there's slate, there's pathways. You know, I had the and I've got decks and around deck. Painted green looks like a round law when you take your gra- glasses. But anyway, one year I had uh, I put one and a half pieces of sod. You know, grass they sell in these little rectangles and uh-huh. a little little piece of sod. I put one and a half of those in a little red wagon. I put some dirt in it, little red wagon. Filled it with, with, with grass, and I mowed it with scissors. I watered when it needed it. I pulled the weeds when it, I even had a little Tiger Woods figurine stuck in it. Just for you. Yeah, but it was I did everything that everybody else does. The watering, the 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 cutting, the the weeding, all except I could do by with a beer in one hand. They sell they sell they sell those for um for desktops. Like a uh like just like a little patch of grass that you can kind of grow and maintain. Uh there you, you go. You know, so you you can be closer to nature while we are in our cubicles or yeah, in our offices. Yeah. Well, you know, you could go to to a to a, a party place, you know, that kind of stuff that that kids use to to color the hair with temporary hair colors. Yeah. You could do that and you beer with green. <laughs> you know, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Well, in my in my, in my younger <laughs> years, I have to bring some pictures uh, up. <laughs> Well, you know, you got kids. They would appreciate this now. Dad's yeah. got a green beard. Yeah, and when, when I was in high school with uh, uh, at Murrow, we would, you know, paint our hair when I had hair. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, you know, my, my son and, and you were in Murrow at the same time. Yeah, he was just, I think, uh, a couple of years, like yeah. one or two years yeah. ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, uh, speaking of him, he's got a he's gotten a garden bug. He's a lands he's got a, his own garden. He's been doing landscaping and planting. He put up a fence, put up an arbor. You know, he's got he put a little water garden out there. Just uh, 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 one of these uh, stock watering tanks. He put uh-huh. it on top of the ground and filled it with water. He's got a little fountain and everything. Okay, and he's busy. You know, he and his wife are both hotshot lawyers. They got a little baby. But he does that just to get out of the house a little bit and tinker around, and he's not knocking himself out. He pays somebody to mow his grass because he said, I don't want to have to pay for a mower, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) But he's been tinkering around in the yard and having a great time. He's also found out that deer will eat a lot of what you plant. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) But he also has a freezer. What does he do with the fruit? Oh, puts the deer oh, in. Oh, there it. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I like that. I like that. Yep, I love deer. Yeah, no, they're delicious. <laughs> I always, I have no problems with Bambi either way. Yeah. Hey, some of the stuff I brought in, and I know you know we could probably get some callers, but you know, let's just. I haven't seen this since last year. But uh, I pulled some stuff from my yard on the way in. I got some some oregano. Yeah. And I got some thyme, and I got parsley. All three of these are just growing out in the yard. It, you know, freezing weather, they don't care. You know, nobody there to water them, they don't care. So I came back, and I've got some lettuces and Swiss chard, and I've got this, uh, again, oregano, uh, parsley, Time. Um, I've got garlic that I planted back in the fall that I uh, harvest. And so, and, and I do all this in a big container. I went to, to uh, Tractor Supply. Have you, you know about Tractor Supply? Yeah. Uh, any farm co-op. And they had these, these galvanized steel stock watering tanks. You can get one that's a little bit bigger than a foot tub. I've got one that's six feet across. I got one that's three feet across. Just put them on top of the ground. They got a little, dra- you know, lot, they well, come with a little drainage uh-huh, hole. Let the water out. Yep. And instead of filling them all up with potting soil all the way, which would be expensive, and, and roots don't grow that deep anyway, I put uh, milk jugs, 
and you know screw the top on it, put them down at the bottom just to take up space. Ah. You know, you could use uh, styrofoam, you could use bark, you could use, you know, a- anything. But I just you know take some some uh, nursery pots, turn them upside down, put it on, and then fill it up. Just take up space. And uh, you don't even have to bend over to plant this stuff. Now that's that's yeah. the, that's the key to that. Yeah. So anyway, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back. Good to see Java, Kevin, all the other folks at MPB. We're going to take a a week long break and come back next Friday same time. Hope to see some of y'all at Hutto's at the Garden Center tomorrow morning at nine in Jackson at a free home seminar, or maybe you can get down and help plant and learn how to root roses at the Greenwood Cemetery downtown Jackson. If you got some things you'd like me to share. Shoot us an email. We'll be glad to. Meanwhile, middle of the winter, no excuse. Don't just sit there. Take a kid to a garden center. Take yourself to a garden center. If you can find a farmer's market, go out and meet people who do this for a living and chat with them. This time of year, they got plenty of time to chat. And let them tell you how they do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week.